It's time to wake up, recover from last night's mess, and get your fix of sports caffeine. It's time to kickstart your day with the latest sports news and opinions. Get ready. Sports Caffeine is live in three, two, one. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sports Caffeine. I know you are so used to hearing El Bushman wake you up, but you have me, Kristen, as your host this evening. So welcome, guys. We are Sports Caffeine. You can find us on Facebook, Spotify, uh, fanstreamsports.com, which is our home base, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. And I am joined tonight with the great Al Bushman and our friend from the Sets of Sales podcast on Buck, Bucks Life Media, James Lundman. Welcome, guys. Intro. How are you? What an intro. My I'm first gonna, one. First one in a long time because remember when we were a uh, whole nother level? Uh, you did it like a couple times too when we were at old school. I, so I try to forget those days of the three threes, <laughs> the three threes, and, and whole spelled like butthole instead of like a whole pizza pie. So that was good, Chris. And I, I'm, you know what? I can kind of relax a little bit. I'm, on, I'm like, you know, one of the supporting members. You're, you're hosting the show. You're, you're riding the ship, as we say. So I'm. Thank I'm, you. I'm, yeah, you did good. You did good. You know, and we're right in the ship in Tampa Bay. The ship, yeah. the ships there. The the, the sails set the sails. James, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Trying uh, to segue into that. <laughs> these are these are wonderful segues. Our our economy is based on Kristen's introductions. That, that's where we're at right now. So uh, no, it's great. We had a great show on Monday, and Kristen was a part of that great show for about a half a half hour. It was awesome. Good conversation. I, I hope I didn't ruin your show with J.P. Peterson blowing it, or J.P. Peterson, Jason Pierre-Paul. J.P. Peterson did not blow his fingers off. Jason <laughs> no, he didn't. Paul did. no, he didn't. I must have. I must have signed off when that quote happened. So you said oh, J.P. Peterson blew off his fingers instead of J.P.P. Yeah, well, I, they're both JPP, and I have a fond fondness in my heart for JP Peterson, and that's okay. why I say his name. But I was talking about Jason Pierre Paul breaks his necks and breaks his fingers and blows them off, but he's never been hurt on a football field. So we had determined last night in the Set the Sales podcast that JPP is saving his life every time he goes on a football field. I he's like not going to die. No, he won't, because he makes dumbass decisions when he's off the field. So yes, yeah, so just keep that guy on the field. Like, yeah. Put him a, a bunk bed on the field, an air mattress. I don't care. Keep him in a bubble <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> on the field. So. Bubble boy. Anyways, guys, let's uh, talk some sports. I mean, we have a let's little bit of that going on. Todd Gurley did pass his physical, surprisingly. Passed his physical because we know he had, had that knee injury. We know he has not been the same Todd Gurley since he was our number one fantasy running back a couple years ago. So he has passed his physical in Atlanta. What do you expect, guys, from Todd? I was really hoping Chip could be on the show tonight. I know he's busy drinking vodka. <laughs> <laughs> he's protecting our country he's protecting he our country with filling orders for uh the dod so yeah yeah chip's chip's an important guy now so we miss him but i would like to get his opinion but what do you see from todd Gurley this year guys do you think he can be a Devonte freeman or a todd Gurley of old or are we just going to see a washed up running back with a knee injury uh you know i think we won't we won't see the todd Gurley of old we'll we'll never see that again i don't think I mean, for us Bucks fans, we hope that doesn't happen at all. We want him to crash and burn and, you know, be injured all he wants for the Falcons. But I, I think, you know, he passed his physical. That's a, that's a good sign for the Falcons. I mean, they got him for the cheap and free agency. I mean, obviously the Rams 
decided, hey, you know, we ran this guy into the ground. We'll have somebody else, uh, you know, handle him and stuff like that too. But I mean, I, I he'll be productive. I don't think he's going to play a full season because, you know, the past couple of seasons he hasn't. I mean, he's been injured. I mean, the knees have not held up. So, you know, the Rams ran him into the ground like they were supposed to a big star back, even though he's he hasn't really been in the league that long. Um, but will we see the, the old Todd Gurley, like the stud that we've seen from before? No. But will we see a serviceable, serviceable back for the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, I think they will because they'll rotate him in and out with the guys that they have in the backfield. You've got Brian, uh, Brian Hill. Is it Brian Hills or Brian Smith, James? I, mean, I believe it's Brian Smith. I'm gonna got, say Smith. Okay, you got. I think it's Brian. Yeah, I think it's either Brian Hill, Smith or Hill. Then you got Ito too. Ito Smith is in the backfield, so they'll rotate him around where they're gonna give him enough rest where he's not gonna, you know, injure himself to that. So, um, but yeah, as, speaking as a Buck fan, I hope he gets injured the first play of the game. Yeah, yeah, I, gonna, I, yeah, go on, James. I want to. Uh, no, opinion. no, you can go ahead. You can go ahead. No, I was yeah. gonna say it's it is sad because he was such a an explosive running back when he could cut and didn't have that knee injury, and the Rams are going to the Super Bowl, and it was amazing. And it, it is sad, um, but we're also like, yeah, screw Todd Gurley, screw that guy, <laughs> whatever his career, nobody cares about him. Like poor guy. But anyways, James, I want to hear what your expects expectations of him are. So uh, interesting, interesting thought from me. And this is what I thought about today when we, you know, when we got this and we were going to talk about it. Uh, I think Todd Gurley has a great year. And here's why. The next uh, season, 2021, if you look at the list of free agent running backs, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Aaron George, Leonard Fournette, Kenyon Drake, Chris Carson, James Conner, Todd Gurley. All of those guys are free agents next year. So not all of them are not all of them. are washed up. Derrick Henry is not washed up at all. Uh, okay. He's going to get a big deal. But all I'm saying is, is if, if Todd Gurley wants to be in that discussion of getting a solid deal next year, whether it be with Atlanta or with another team, uh, he's going to have to have a productive year. Now, if he stays healthy, I think there's a very good chance for him to have a great year. Now, am I going to say he's going to get, 1100 plus uh you know the 10 touchdowns and things like that i don't think so I, th- I think that might be a little bit too much for him uh but honestly if there's a good possibility for him to you know stay healthy the whole year i think you will see a very good Todd Gurley. i'm not going to say he's going to be as good as he was either i agree with al bushman on that but i think there's a very good possibility of him having a good year as long as he stays healthy. That That's the big caveat to all of this. It is really sad. And, I mean, Atlanta was in the Super Bowl a few years ago. And so now do we see – like, Atlanta, I think, is supposed to be the bottom feeder of the NFC South. We already talked about this last minute on the Set the Sales podcast that we think it's between the Bucks and the Saints – you know, you know, Carolina, Atlanta kind of filling up the list last two spots. But I almost feel like, could Atlanta be a sleeper team? I almost feel like the Bengals and the AFC uh, North could be that sleeper team where, you know, you have the Ravens, you have the Steelers, the Browns might be on the come up. And the Bengals have an opportunity. They have some good guys, new coach, you have Joe Burrow coming there. Can the Falcons be that surprise team to challenge the NFC not South? You know, it looks good on paper that they yeah, could be. They I, I don't could, think they could so. Be. To me, I think the Saints and the Bucks are really kind of the one-two, uh, you know, that you're looking for here as far as who's going to challenge. Now, can they come out and, and win nine or ten games? It's possible. I think I think any time, like I mentioned last, you know, on the podcast, I think any time that you have uh, Julio Jones 
And, you know, if Todd Gurley can stay healthy, you have Calvin Ridley over there as well. Uh, and, again, if Matt Ryan can stay consistent, as he's been pretty much his whole career, uh, then I think they're a good team. Do I think they're a 12-13 win team? No. I, and I think that's what it's going to take to win this division is is 12 or 13 wins between either the Saints or the Buccaneers. I don't think 11 wins is going to win this division. Uh, and I think that's something that I just I don't believe Atlanta has enough talent to do. Now, if they can go 10-6, and six, I think that's a victory for them uh, compared to where they were last year. But I, I definitely – I don't think it's going to be between Atlanta. I think they'll be fighting for third place, and uh, and it's going to be between the Saints and Bucks for me. That's crazy you think an 11-win team won't even make the playoffs because, I mean, you could be in the NFC uh, West or, you know, maybe the AFC North and have nine wins and make the playoffs. So, Al Bushman, how do you see the NFC South shaking out with all the things that have happened? Um, definitely I see, you know, the Saints and the Bucks battling it out. When it comes to Atlanta – you know, they were kind of like the, they're almost like the the Browns. They they look good on paper, but then execution just falls flat. Sorry, Chris, I had to bring up the Browns and everything, but um, <laughs> all right. I, I I just with the talent that they have, you know, that offense could be explosive at, at times, and and they've just added more pieces to it. So I, I just think Atlanta falls flat. They're they're almost like the San Diego. They're almost like the L.A. Chargers. They 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 go into nap time at a certain point of the season, and they just fall flat. So, you know, I agree with James. I think they're just going to be battling out for, for third place when it comes to the NFC South. And it sucks for guys like Julio Jones or a guy like A.J. Green who are once-in-a-lifetime generation talents, you know. They're great receivers. They probably could – A.J. Green and Julio Jones, if you had them on, like, the Patriots and, you know, I don't know, a really good team from the uh, NFC that was <laughs> going to Super Bowls, like, it would be amazing to see those two – you know, DeAndre Hopkins, like we've had a lot of good receivers on bad teams. We have Odell on the Browns now. So it'd be very, very interesting to see those guys um, in different divisions and things. But I'm really excited for the NFC South. I think it's going to be the division to watch. It's going to be a shootout. There are going to be so many fantasy points scored in that division. So it's going to be exciting. Um, so moving on from there, you did bring up Dalvin Cook. Um, Dalvin Cook is holding out. We also talked about this last night. He wants Christian McCaffrey money. I mean, and he's not doing Christian McCaffrey things. And, I mean, C- CMC, as our old friend used to like to say, had a great year last year. Out- off the charts, like fantasy year, you- you- I never heard of. Um, Devin Cook, should he hold out? And it doesn't even matter in this time of COVID where teams are not even getting together. There's no OTAs. There's no, you know, voluntary stuff. Like, th- does holding out matter in this kind of period we're living in? <sighs> That's a that's a that's a conundrum, Christian. Because I mean, I know Cook's been an all right back. I mean, he's been a good back, but then he's he's had injury history. So if he's he's trying to get Christian McCaffrey money, it's the Vikings are almost going to have to be like, okay, well, what have you done for me lately? Honestly, I I wouldn't give them. I wouldn't give him Christian McCaffrey money at all. I would say play a full season where you're not injured at all. And oh, he we'll, did last year. He did last that, year. That was like one of the first first seasons he did. So if I was the okay. Vikings, I'd be like, okay, well, we'll franchise tag you for this year. You play a full season again without getting injured. We'll we'll, we'll talk in the off season. So if he's expecting Christian McCaffrey money, that's it's not going to happen. It won't. So he's going to be holding out. So if you're in fantasy, pick up Alexander Madison if you wanted to. Man, stealing my thunder over there, old Bushman. Sorry. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. No, I like it. I like it. No, I, I agree. But I also feel like in this, I just feel like in this time, like 
they're not going to give him that money. And we know that he's going to settle on something, but does it affect the team at all? Like there's nobody's getting together anyway. So if Dalvin Cook stay home for a few more weeks, does it really matter? James, uh, what do you think? Is well, it going to affect the performance on yeah. the field? Is it going to affect the record? I don't think so. I, I honestly think, and listen, he's looking for reasonable deal. It's not like he's, you know, looking, I don't think he's looking at Christian McCaffrey type money. I think he's probably trying to get into like a, you know, a $13 million range, which would put him, you know, right around um, running back off the top of my head. I'm thinking David Johnson, somewhere in there, um, which I, I think he's worth that. Um, but honestly, I, I don't, I don't foresee this being a problem. I think the Vikings are going to get a deal done with him. I know that he's really set on, you know, playing and getting a deal done before the season, obviously, which is why he's holding out. But here's the thing. He's never played a 16-game season. So he that- went, well, yeah, he wants $60 million a year. The Vikings' first offer was $10 million a year. So he wants a million a game. Right. Yeah. So so if he gets put in that, you know, $13 million, I think, meet somewhere in the middle, the Vikings have the money to do it. It's not like they don't. But at the same time, I think, again, he's one of those guys that's heading heading into a free agency next year where I'm sure there are a lot of teams who would line up to pay him $13 million uh, or more, to be honest. So I want to see – I would have liked to see him play this season and get at least a decent contract, play this season, see if he can stay healthy for 16 games. Then you have a little bit more leverage after that. Right now he doesn't have any leverage because he's never played a full season healthy. So it's 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 going to be an interesting thing to see over the next several weeks with – you know, training camp is supposed to be starting next month um, at some point. I don't know when, but at some point, training camp is going to be here. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Vikings will be able to get a deal done before training camp starts, whenever that happens. But it, it is kind of a distraction, but I think we're in a pandemic right now. So it may not be as bad as if we were in like a regular, you know, practice schedule right now. Oh, yeah, we saw Melvin Gordon's holdout, what had happened last year. So go ahead, Al Bushman. I was going to say, I, I think it's funny, especially with these running backs and star players, or I'd say semi-star players, that you know when they're, when they're coming up on contract times and they're, they're expecting huge money, but it's like you know, guys like Dalvin Cook that you know, we've, we've seen the, 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 you know, the stats or we've seen the, 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 you know, the, the real of you and you're playing in the NFL. So far, it's, you're not worth tier one money yet. Like you're you're tier you're tier two in my eyes when it comes to that the big money contract when these guys like Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook are threatening to hold out they should know by now it's like you could see the consequences when you hold out it doesn't work out well for you so if you're if you're trying to make a statement or a point by holding out for bigger money the Vikings will just say you know what we'll move on to somebody else if you want to hold out hold out for the whole season it'll save us a bunch of money and we can go pick up somebody on the cheap and, and plug him into your spot right now. Yeah, but at the same time, you're also dealing with a running back who had 1,100 yards rushing last year. So True. this isn't like it, it isn't a situation, and he and he had 13 touchdowns on top of that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he was injured, and that's that's the biggest reason why I think the Vikings haven't pulled the trigger. But you're also, you know, I I don't think I agree with you when he says he's not a tier one. I think he's right there in that mix. But I just don't because of injury see him see the Vikings giving him this massive deal right now until he can prove that he could stay healthy for 16 games see and that's and that, why I put, that's why I put him in the tier tier two like he's like a borderline tier one but I'm putting him in the tier two okay, money because so your tier one running backs right now fantasy pros you got Christian McCaffrey Saquon Barkley Ezekiel Elliott your tier twos are Derrick Henry Dalvin Cook Alan Kamara Joe Mixon which we'll talk about Joe Mixon later but yeah 
Yeah, See, honestly, I would put Kamara in a tier one. I I don't think Kamara's a tier two running back. I just think they have a pass heavy offense. But if they were to lean on him a little more in New Orleans. I think he would be right there. I, I don't. I don't see Kamara as a tier two. I think Kamara has more to offer than Dalvin Cook. Does. And he's he's actually ranked a running back below Dalvin Cook, which is kind of wild right now, especially given that Minnesota has lost their offensive coordinator and Stephon Diggs. And I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot more, which means they can't run it. You know, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot see, more. I um, see. I agree with those rankings. Having Dalvin Cook and Kamara at tier two, I agree with that because I, I don't think I, I don't think Kamara is. A one. I mean, he was a one when Mark Henry was on that team, and you know, Kamara was used as more of a passing back. But I, I would put him back in the tier tier two conversation because we kind of saw that this past year how well he did. How not? I would say kind of mediocre at best without Mark Henry there to compliment him. All right, Mark so. Ingram, yeah, and uh, yeah, Latavius Murray. I thought was going to be the Mark Ingram, and he definitely <laughs> did not pan out to that. And and they have don't they had Jared Cook, great, and you had Michael Thomas, so you don't have any other guys catching the ball except you got a. Uh, Taysom Hill doing everything. I mean, the guy's cooking the dishes, or doing the dishes. He's cooking the food. He's serving the food. He's like the one-man guy running the restaurant. Kristen, don't forget about Jameis Winston. He's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Don't, just hey, don't, I mean, don't forget uh, about Teddy Bridgewater went undefeated when he had to step into that role. And, I mean, I, I feel so bad for Jameis. I think he is a good quarterback. He tries hard. He married his high school sweetheart in COVID. Like, how cute was that, guys? Like, and she stuck with him after all that stuff, which is amazing. But uh, I wish nothing but the best for our old boy, Jameis Winston. Oh, I, um, I, he's third string quarterback. Sorry. <laughs> I go, don't, James. I'm, We're eye no, to eye on that, I'm buddy. Not, don't worry. I'm not even a Bucks fan, and I just I just love Jameis. I don't, I don't even like Jameis when he was in Kristen. college. But uh, I don't know. I feel bad for the guy. I lost about 15.2% respect for you right then when you said. I mean, he throws 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Like, I, I probably. Yeah, all my right. personal uh, life I'll, is a lot James Mason. I'll meet you in the middle. I'll meet you in the middle. He is the Listen. greatest 30 yard or 30 interception quarterback I've ever seen. I'll meet you right hey, there. Brett Favre has thrown 30 interceptions. A lot of Hall of Fame cornerbacks have had 30 interception games, but usually they're in the like, rookie or sophomore season. But I like to compare Jameis Winston to my life. Like I do 30 touchdowns, like I do 30 good things, but then I have 30 interceptions where I do 30 <laughs> drunken mistakes, you know? So it's my life is Jameis Winston. And so I feel for the guy. Okay. Leave you, should alone. Tweet, you should tweet that out of Kristen. That'd be I think it's actually, I just came up with that right now, to be honest with you. So, well, I know yeah, James, you, James, you got to hop off, right? I know you got to go. You gotta yeah. I, I got a previous meeting that I have to go to. And that, and this is a great time to, this is a great time to leave because, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about Jameis anymore and, and, and Kristen's love for him. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but no, hey, us, I, I love the show. Thank you all for letting me hang out for a little bit. Appreciate you guys. Love the sports caffeine. And uh, Kristen, you did a great job with your, your hosting and keep it going. Okay. Thanks, James. I'll see you soon. See ya. Um, but back to what we were talking about, which I can't remember, but I, I do love James Winston because he lives life like me. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you, James from Bucks Life Media, Set the Sales podcast. Great podcast. I went on last night. I was a guest host. I didn't realize Brit Buck was British, hence Brit Buck. Hence, hence the name Brit Buck. Yeah, and I just love hearing our British guy talk about American football. I was just waiting for him to go into something about, you know, some soccer team or something, Manchester United. And was like, no, wait, we're still talking football. This is great. And Coincidentally enough, Manchester United owned by the Glazers as well. It, so it is. That's that why they like to spend their money over that. there. All so, right. so, Kristen, let me ask you. Let, let's go back to the running back. 
uh, question. Do you consider Calvin Dalvin Cook a tier one or tier two? I I'm weary on Dalvin Cook because I drafted him. I believe his rookie year he had a great like first six games. I think he tore his ACL or had a knee injury. Um, I'm gonna put like so who they have above him right now in running backs. They have Derrick Henry above him. Okay. Um, Zeke, Saquon, I agree with those. They have Nick Chubb below him, Alvin Kamara below him, Josh Jacobs below him. I don't know. Like, maybe because he is the guy there and he's getting the ball every carry pretty much, and Chubb's going to be sharing with Hunt. But I feel like some of these guys, like, are better than him. I <sighs> see, He's one of these ones I don't want to touch. His, see, his average draft it, position has gone down three points right now. By the way, I would say spots. it's I would say it's too early to tell on Chubb because Chubb is still relatively new. Um, Camara, to me, I Camara took a step back last year, and I, I said this before. Like without Mark Ingram, he took a step back. I I would put Cook just so borderline number one. He's like touching. Derrick Henry's cleats right now when it comes to being in that top three. So you got Christian McCaffrey, you've got Ezekiel Elliott, you got Saquon, you got Derrick Henry. I I can agree. Maybe see, I don't, I'm kind of out on Derrick Henry because he's only had one he's, one season yeah, it, where he's exploded. That's it. So it's like, can you put him in that conversation just yet, or you have to wait till this season to put him in that top three? All right. So here's your average um, rankings of those three. Derrick Henry is ranked five point eight. Dalvin Cook is ranked 6.3. Alvin Kamara is ranked 6.7. So you're literally within one point of each other within rankings. I mean, okay. it's, it's a tenth of a point. So it's really going to be an interesting year in how they how they use them. I think Derrick Henry, awesome last year, especially the second half. But mm-hmm. he had so many touches and so much work. Is he going to be beat up? We know running backs have a very short shelf life. And a guy who had a really good year the year before usually doesn't have Right. Great year, but Derrick Henry's a different kind of guy. I mean, have you seen this man? His arm is the size of my body. Like his, <laughs> he, he is, definitely saw, is a mountain of a man. Yeah, I saw a picture of him next to Kay Adams, who I love, and she's awesome from Good Morning Football and NFL Network. And I mean, she is a tiny lady, but I saw a picture of them together, and it looked like he could swallow her like a Advil. Like she was massive. So I think he might be the kind of guy who could have two to three ba- years in a row of massive numbers and and Mike Vrabel doesn't care you know Mike Vrabel is a defensive guy catching touchdowns on New England so Mike Vrabel is trying to do everything in the book and get his big guys going so I I Derek Henry I just don't know I I would I okay if I'm drafting fantasy this is a quite I was gonna have a little game who would you rather draft so if you have Derek Henry or Dalvin Cook available I'm taking Derek Henry Ooh, you know Man, see, I, I'm so up in the air about Derrick Henry because, you know, he's coming into pretty much a contract year where he could, like, get big money if he produces the same way he did last year. But I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm my, my spidey senses are telling me that he might have a down year because defensive coordinators are going to be like, okay, that's what they did last year. We can adapt to that and stop the run. Um for Tennessee's run game. And and also kind of all depends on Ryan Tannehill, too. If he's not getting with it, I mean, they're going to maybe run Derrick Henry into the ground. So it could be, yes, a good thing for fantasy owners because you're going to get so many touches from him. But it also could be a bad thing because there could be, there's a risk of injury when it comes to Derrick Henry. So I, I would say I'm going with Cook. I'm going to go okay. with Dalvin Cook because I, I I like you can use him as a as a passing back, too, as well. And, you know, since Minnesota lost Stephon Diggs, you know, you got Adam Thielen there. You just you just brought in uh, Justin Jackson uh, from from LSU. So, 
you know the jury's still out. He's going to be a compliment number two wide receiver on that team. So I would I would I would pick Cook because you're not only going to get the the passing yards, but you're also going to get the run yards too as well. All right, I like that explanation. Well, now we're rolling with this. I was going to say at the end of the show, but let's go with who would you rather? <laughs> okay, let's do so, it. So I'm going to go with the two Penn State running backs. You have Miles Sanders coming out to be the only running back right now in the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. and you have our boy Saquon Barkley. They both played together at Penn State. I think they were on the both. They were on both on the same team. Saquon left a year earlier, obviously. Yep. Um, are you taking Miles Sanders or Saquon? I'm taking Saquon all day. All I day. Am. All day. We, I only say this because the amount of touches he's going to get with, with the Giants offense. You know, Daniel Jones is still in a, a learning curve when it comes to that offense. And, you know, we saw it last year. They were handing the ball off all together with Saquon, you know, all day long. So I'm taking Saquon. And okay. this, this might I mean, be a – He's your be, running back number two. And I, yeah. Miles Sanders is running back 12. But I have a feeling they're going to be very, very close in points. And I don't oh. blame anyone for taking Saquon over them. But Philadelphia didn't draft running back. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, literally, there was nobody behind Miles Sanders. He had a great year last year. Um, he's looking at 15 to 18 touches a game and three to four touches a game. Um, I, I averaged 13.7 points a game last year. So he's not maybe a safe one, but I'm just thinking, safe one. You know, we have those top tier running backs two years in a yeah. row, they usually fall off. Where would you take Sanders in, in, in the draft? What, what round? Um, I mean, obviously, I'm going to go with my top guy. So if I can get a CMC or, you know, one of these Camaros or something. But I would take Sanders round two. Really? Round two, round three. I mean, I think Sanders, he's one of my top sleepers slash breakout running backs this year. See, to me, Sanders could be a round three, maybe late four guy. I don't see him in round two because there's so many other guys and needs that. If you're really going to go running back, running back. Okay, maybe I can see that. If you're going to go running That's back, true. wide receiver. That's true, and I'm receiver. actually going to go I, – I would probably go running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. Yeah. Um, I think it was our show Sunday I was talking about. I was looking at the uh, opportunity cost after the fifth round of the mm-hmm. draft, and more running backs have breakout seasons that are drafted in the later – fifth or later rounds than wide receivers. So, you know, running backs get hurt more often, so you have a guy who can step up. And um, But, yeah, the receivers are definitely um, valuable. So here you go. Here's the receiver question. Okay. Would you go with Brandon Cooks or Michael Gallup? Michael, oh man, I'm going with Brandon. Well, yeah, Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, with with wow, man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm stumping you today, man. You, you are stumping me. Well, because okay, but so Michael Gallup is right now the uh, the preseason wide receiver 33, and Brandon Cooks is wide receiver 35. Now Brandon Cooks moved over to New Orleans, yep. correct? No, okay. Brandon, Brandon Cooks is over in Houston now. Houston, Houston, I knew Houston. somewhere in the south, one of those so, Katrina cities. So you know, Brandon Cooks, he's going in is is probably the clear number one target for Deshaun Watson. I mean, he also got Will Fuller, who we all know what Will Fuller can do when he's fully healthy, and the guy's explosive. He can cast, he can catch the deep ball from from Deshaun Watson, and then they also have Kenny Stills in there as well. And they have uh, Fells, who had a great year last year. Yep, yeah, like and, and then on the Dallas side, Gallup's in there with Amari Cooper. They brought in Ceedee Lamb. Man, I, you know what? I'll go with Michael Gallup on this one, but that okay. all depends. That all depends if uh, you know Dallas can get it together and sign a quarterback. I mean, they've got Andy Dalton, but are they going to bring Dak in for a bunch of money? So I'll go with I'll, you know what? I, I like the upside of Gallup because the talent is there with him as well, and there's going to be a lot of guys that are eyeballing Amari Cooper. So that's going to take a little bit off of Gallup, and you know, with the with how Ceedee Lamb is projected to maybe be that you know the explosive third guy on their roster, you know. They're going to be doubling it up on Amari. I would go. I would go with Michael Gallup. Okay. 
All right, let's move to the tight end position now. We're going to go with some young guys here. We got Dawson Knox, the uh, breakout tight end, had a, a decent season in Buffalo. I think mm-hmm. he's going to have a better year. Or we have Hayden Hurst, who is moving Baltimore to his first year in Atlanta. I'll go with Hayden Hurst all day. All day, okay. All day, Hayden uh, Hurst. Matt Ryan does like his tight end. Um, he does. I, I think Dawson Knox and Josh Allen have this chemistry i don't know if it's because they're just big two big white dudes who play football in <laughs> buffalo or what but i i saw that chemistry develop a little bit last year i'm like who calls this knox guy you know and he's just he seems like a complete and i think you're gonna have you know you have john brown cole beasley stefan diggs already there you got Devin singletary and now you have zach moss in the backfield mm-hmm. i think that dawson knox is going to be the secret weapon the stealth everyone's going to cover everyone else you're going to forget about dawson knox and i, I, I think- really like buffalo's I mean, the way sean mcdermott has really really more to like really molded that offense they're they're a really fast they're a really explosive offense i really like buffalo i mean of course you know buffalo this the afc is buffalo's for for them to lose so um, I, I, you know, never know. Knox could be that 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 sneaky guy that comes out of new, nowhere. That could be that that next maybe Will Disley or that Mark Andrews that everybody was coveting last year. Um, mm-hmm. so Knox might be that guy. I'm gonna go with Hayden Hurst though because uh, of the way Matt Ryan likes his tight ends. No, and I, yeah, Matt Ryan likes tight ends. He loves his tight ends <laughs> more ways than I, one. <laughs> that's why I'm so excited about this season. There's been so many moves, so many offensive guys coming in, like with COVID. Just everything about this football season feels special, and I'm really excited about that. And Buffalo kind of reminds me of the um, the San Antonio Spurs of football. Like, not really fun to watch. Pretty systematic. <laughs> more white guys than you would imagine. <laughs> so you're uh, almost saying like this: the the Buffalo Bills are very vanilla. Yeah, because that's how good. But they that's win. how the Spurs they, were. Yeah, the, they yeah. they they do it by the system. You know, they play fundamentals and stuff. And 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 Sean would hate me saying this because he like hates Josh Allen. I'm like the guy figures it out. <laughs> He's kind of like Aaron Rodgers, I would say. But uh, he compares him to Cam Newton. But the Bills are not fun to watch. It's kind of ugly, but they win. And I think they're going to win their division. So I, I, I like that. I like that analogy because I look at the Spurs. I mean, very not they weren't flashy at all. But they won. They got it done. I mean, you got Pop. You got Tim Duncan. You got um, Kawhi. Kawhi. There. Yeah, I like that. I like that analogy. The the I Bills feel like are the like Buffalo Bills laughed collectively of a group. It would sound like Kawhi. Like ho ho ho. <laughs> That's like the Bills and Locker laughing. It's Kawhi. I like that. Okay. I'm pretty excited about my analogy here. I like so, that. So, well, going to analogies, um, have you heard The Rock is second in polling, or third in polling to be the president of the United States? So, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, let me say it right, is not running for president of the United States, as we all know. Joe Biden and Donald Trump are, but he would be third right now in the polling that the um, Winnipeg or Quinnipeg, whatever university does that poll. Um, Harambe would have won about four years ago though. So <laughs> what I think rock would be great. I love that America's coming together. Like we like the rock and he's like, I'm not running, but what athlete do you think would make a great president? Um, I, I would definitely, well, first and foremost, I would definitely vote for the rock. I mean, oh, me a, too. I already put in my absentee ballot. Yeah. He'd be a great <laughs> president. So, uh, if, if he started, if he decides to run at any time soon, cat put me a, on the the rock train because I can smell what he's cooking. It's gonna be, make America <laughs> smells like uh, unified. And, and, yeah, exactly. Like um, you know, if one see athlete that would run for president, that'd be good. You know, Tom Brady would be a good, um, uh, good presidential candidate. Um, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan would be another one too. And if um, you know, 
I shouldn't say O.J. Simpson because that'd be a horrible, horrible one to say. Um, hey, uh, some of our presidents have done worse. That's that's not well, the, maybe not, not maybe not double murder, but yeah, yeah, maybe well, not that, that we know about. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> um, I would say yeah, I would say Tom Brady, uh, Michael Jordan would be a good one. Um, no, nah, not Brett Favre. He's too. He's too weird and yeah. He's well, the thing I was, I thought LeBron first, and I talked to my dad about it. And he goes, he's he's way too left. He's yeah. way too left. Like he's, he's social and it's great, and I love that he is vocal. Way too left. But I asked my dad and I asked my friend Megan, who I had lunch with today. She's a 25 year old female who knows nothing about sports, okay. not a damn thing. She knows I do a sports show, and I think that's all she knows about sports. And I said, <laughs> who? She said Gronk. And my dad also said Gronk. Like what? He's fun loving. He's good looking. He likes to party. And I was like, okay, then I could be president. I'm fun loving, good looking, like to party. I was gonna say I could be president too. Jeez, I'm I'm fun. Mm-hmm. I like uh, I like to party sometimes. You know, before nine o'clock. Uh, yeah, you know, you you are a DJ, so sometimes yeah. you party at the wedding you're being paid to be at. Um, another one, my friend Megan, who knows nothing about sports, she said race car driver. Uh. And I said, okay, which one? And then I was talking to my dad. He goes, yeah, Jeff Gordon would be a great president. I was like, really? Like, I don't know. I feel like that's too far right now. You got like, so I'm going to go. Uh, I think I'm going to go like Serena Williams. It's a good pick. I like that. A woman, African-American, vocal when she needs to be, keeps to herself, focused. Like, I think she's like the Michelle Obama of sports is what I would compare her to. See if so. if if Oprah was an athlete, I would I would say Oprah would be a good presidential candidate, but she's not an Oprah athlete. Would she be. just she just runs a network in a in a conglomerate. So. You know who else? One of those like gymnast girls. Who was the little black one, the little short one that was awesome? Uh, Gabby Gabby Douglas, right? G- yeah, Gabby Douglas. Yeah, she would yeah. be a good presidential candidate. Um, she she spoke out on social issues, but I like that people who speak out but are silent when they. That's why I like your Michael Jordan. He doesn't make a big deal about everything, but he makes a big deal about important things and. Yeah. He would have to get. He would have to make a presidential order to get rid of the uh, the crying Jordan meme, though. You can't have True. that. If, if you're mean, a presidential candidate, you can't have that. Traveling cocaine circus, which most of our presidents have been part of those. So that is <laughs> that that's a be. good point. See, remember, he did not partake. He was just there, just like Bill Clinton. I, I did, did not, not inhale, inhale. Did not inhale. <laughs> Michael Jordan's like, I did not sniff or do any of that stuff. So yeah, the traveling cocaine service. I do not know what that is about. So well, speaking <laughs> of people that are in power. So Shaq had addressed the um, the New Orleans Saints as a guest speaker in their locker room. I don't know if they all wore masks or how they got together, but he addressed them about, you know, the controversy with the Drew Brees flag comments. And he had said that social media or the media, because social media wasn't prevalent back then, had tried to rip him and Kobe's team apart. And if that didn't happen, they could have won five more titles, which I don't know about five more because Shaq was a little washed up. Kobe might have, but um what do you think about this? What do you think about Shaq talking to them? I know he played uh, for LSU, so he's kind of I, native, I guess. I love lo- the whole thing. I love it. I think what he did was was really fantastic, and really as an as a as an athlete like he was, and it really it really really goes to show you how all athletes, no matter what sports you played, are really kind of in that that same boat when it comes to unifying and and staying strong and and making making really putting themselves above everybody else by setting the example. And what Shaq did was was it's good. That's a good thing too. I mean, if if you're telling if you're telling a team to hey, you know what guys, you got to look past the comments what Drew Brees said even though Drew Brees did apologize and everything. 
you still got to stay unified. You still have to, to be one as a team because if you're not one as a team, that shows the American public that, hey, if a football team can be dissolved and disillusioned by one guy's comments, then the whole United States can be the same way. So I, I think that's what, what he said to, to the New Orleans Saints is a great thing because it now it gives them – you know, a reason to to be even more unified than they were before, because now they can they can look hopefully look past his comments. And I know Drew Brees' comments were, I wouldn't say a little out of touch, but I think it was just the wrong timing what he what he wanted to say and everything. And I I, I kind of see where he was going with the whole flag and and everything like that too. But it's you know I think it was the wrong place at the wrong time. But now that he's he's and my daughter is singing in the background. Hi, baby. She, she's uh, she's singing to Frozen. Uh, but, you know, for him to say stay strong and to be unified, I think that's great. I think that's a good message to, to, to put out there, not only for the Saints, but also for the, the community in New Orleans and everybody out there in the United States right now where, where things are just kind of, um, I wouldn't say a troubling time, but it, I think it's a time for an opportunity for everybody just to, to speak to each other and, and actually, you know, be one, just to have conversations to be out there. So I think what he did was, was fantastic. I think it was great. Yeah, I think I think Drew Brees was coming from a place of white privilege, like a white guy who got a scholarship for Purdue. He had no idea, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think he was, yeah, and he had no idea. And Shaq came in there, and 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 it's someone who could speak from experience. You know, it's not just yeah. Sean Payton saying something. It's a guy who was on a multi championship team with the, one of the greatest ever, and he saw the media try to tear them apart. And I'm really glad him and Kobe made up, and you know, you have to do the funeral stuff. And mm-hmm. but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see. And I do love the cross sports. Like, hey, we're all we're all in this together, whether it's COVID or racism or police brutality. Like, hey, guys, like figure this out. I think the Saints are going to come out really strong. I'm a little upset for your Bucks because I feel like um, uh, strength within adversity. Or strength and adversity grows. I forget, but the 2014 Florida Gator basketball team who went to the Final Four logo was swag. You know, a strength when adversity grows or something like that. And I feel like teams that have that, like when you have a fight with your wife or your friend and then you make up, you feel closer, you know, like, oh, I see your side, I see your side. And I feel like that's going to bring camaraderie. Like him and Michael Thomas are going to trust each other more because like, bro, I'm sorry. And he manned up to it and owned up to it. And Michael Thomas is going to trust him more because of that. And I think it's going to bring them out as a, a very scary team if they're that. And they've gone through so much shit with the freaking all the penalties and the stuff they should have been in the Super Bowl the last couple of years and they haven't. Yep. And they've already gone through that adversity and now like a personal adversity. I think that I might be scared of the Saints. Like if they can grow as a team and they seem like they have a positive locker room, positive coach, great leader in the quarterback, they might be a scary team next year. I mean, I've said this before, Chris. I've said this before, Chris. And I mean, I have, you know this, you know me from being on the show for a long time with me is I have so low expectations when it comes to the Bucks. If if they don't meet those expectations, I, I won't be sad. But yeah, you know, the Saints, even when the Saints won the Super Bowl, that year was, you know, the year after that, you know, Hurricane Katrina, uh, Katrina came in and, and basically desolated the whole, whole you know, st- whole state of Louisiana, New Orleans and, and Louisiana and everything. So, yeah, the Saints are going to be fine. And I, I said this on our couple of shows ago that, listen, when, when Drew Brees starts to throw touchdowns to Michael Thomas and they win – all will be forgiven. It's you know, it's not going to be. That's that's what's the the cool thing about sports is if you start to win, you know, comments like that they can be. I wouldn't say brushed under the rug, but they can be forgiven when you start winning and throwing touchdowns. Yeah, so I think this is going to be good. So going to the other side, this it was not in our rundown today, but I just thought about this. Like, I'm really excited for this NFL season. Like, every team has so much potential. You know, new guys coming in, new blood, guys changing teams. Who do we know it's going to be bad? 
Like, do we know the Bengals are going to be bad? They could be good. You have AJ Green coming back. You have, do we know that the Lions are going to be bad? Who do we know is going to be bad? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, the I think Falcons? the I think no, I think the Falcons are not going to be as bad as everybody says they're going to be. I think the Lions are that that team where I think they're they're going to be that bad. Honestly, I think Matt Patricia and that team the de- they have got no defense. They. <laughs> I think Matthew Stafford should be out of there, and they should maybe just do a total rebuild and tear down. When it comes to Cincinnati, we already know they're going to be bad. But they, I think Cincinnati, with what they're trying to do, is I think they're maybe a couple of years off from being not bad. Better, but maybe, than, maybe better than they were. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to be better off with Joe Burrow behind behind center. I mean, but of course, this this could all blow up in their faces. Now they don't have anybody to back him up. I mean, he's it. He's the starting guy that's going to be starting game one. So. Um, they do have some good offensive talent behind him. I mean, they've got A.J. Green, you've got Joe Mixon, you've got Tyler Boyd. Um, so, you know, Cincinnati's in a, in a they're in a good spot that's going to be maybe trending up, hopefully in the next couple of years. I mean, the defense is, they're, they're getting reloaded on defense too. And, you know, the division they play in with, not only with your Browns, but also the Ravens and the Steelers, it's a tough one. I mean, it's definitely yeah. a, a very tough division to be in. So, do I think they're going to be better than last year? I, I think so. I think they're going to be better than last year. Do I think they're going to be wowing everybody? Probably not. Uh, but when it comes to teams that we're going to be expect to be bad, expect the Lions to be bad. Okay, sorry. Lions. Sorry, sorry Steve. <laughs> I'll be sure to call him first thing in the morning when he gets up. Let him ah, you're uh, on. Uh, there was another team I was thinking about, and I just I, I was thinking the Broncos maybe kind of have that. Either they could be good or they could be bad. Um, there was another team, and I it just slipped my mind of who could be bad. But I mean, like who? Oh, Chicago. Yeah. I mean, Chicago is another one of those. Like, who's going to be drafting number one next year? I could see it being the Chicago Bears. Like they've done nothing on offense. Like, well, you brought in uh, Nick Foles. Come on now. Oh, that, okay, cool, something. great. The guy. And who's their running back in the Bears? Uh, it's you got Tariq Cohen, and then you have uh, also David Montgomery too. Okay, okay. Even David Montgomery was supposed to be the the rookie rushing leader last year, and mm-hmm. we have Anthony Miller. Who, we have all this potential in the Bears. Um, I see that I could see the Bears being pretty bad this year. I, I'm sorry, Bears fans, but I I'm trying to think who I can know is going to be bad. I'm looking at every team, and every team has a lot of potential for me. Um, even Arizona, who's been, you know, historically bad, has a ton of potential right now. Broncos won that Super Bowl, but historically bad has a lot of potential. I can't think of any team that I can say off the top of my head is going to have the number, maybe the New York Jets. The New York Jets might have the number one draft pick next year. That's um, what I'm going with. Yeah, I know. I think it's, a, I mean, I think the top five, maybe you'll see a couple of teams that were there this past year. Um, the Jets, yeah, I could put them up there too. They lost a lot of guys at free agency and everything. Adam Gase is just a yeah, he's a head coach. I don't know why he's there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why he's there either. So, um, I could see I could see the Jets being bad. Um, Lions bad. Bengals probably bad again. Um, Carolina. No, I don't think I don't think Carolina's going to be that bad. I mean, they're in the NFC South. Every team's going to beat up on each other there too. But I don't think Carolina's going to be that bad. I think they'll oh, be in Washington. But I, you know what? I think. Dwayne Haskins is one of my sleepers this year. I think Washington, I don't think Washington's in any chance making the playoffs or in no. any chance going to contend the division, but you would understand Dwayne Haskins had 50 touchdowns at Ohio State to 13 interceptions, and he was in a chaotic system he got thrown into. Now he is a head coach. Now he's, you know, him and Terry McLaren played together. Um, I think Dwayne Haskins is actually going to be a good sleeper pick for fantasy, but 
I Redskins, I do see finishing. I don't think they're going to be great. So. Redskins, yeah, I don't think they're going to be great. They'll be a sub-500 team as well. I mean, even you can even say, hey, the Giants might be uh, one of those bad teams too because they haven't been good in a while as well. So I, you can Oh, well, put, let's talk about that division. Okay. The NFC, NFC least? The NFC <laughs> least. Let's, let's do that. Okay, real quick. Um, last point of the show here, 721, perfect. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Dallas is clearly the favorite to win that division, right? But Philly has all their receivers coming back, plus Miles Sanders is a – Bound to have a good good year there. The Giants, who Daniel Jones has had flashes of greatness, and you have Washington, who has tried to rebuild. So, what do you see? Is there going to be a winning record in this division? Yeah, you'll see a winning record. It'll probably be eight and eight or nine and seven. Is that um, Dallas or Philly? Um, man, it's that's a good question because Philly is going to be loaded at offense and. Um, you know, Philly always always tends to to be good when, especially when they get hot. Um, but it, you know, it's 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 you know, we all know it's between the Eagles and the Cowboys. I I think to me personally, the Cowboys will probably take that division over the Eagles. Uh, but they'll probably win it at nine and seven. They're not going to go like ten and six or eleven and five. There's no way they're going to do that. I just think it's funny that I just think it's funny how as girls start their text. I think it's, I just think it's funny how Mike McCarthy thinks he's going to take. The Dallas Cowboys, I mean, he couldn't do shit with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers when he had all that talent. So the, the, the Cowboys are being toted so high. I think the Eagles, I think Carson Wentz has a comeback year. you got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, who commanded 15% of the targets last year. So you got two tight ends now, which mm-hmm. is why Ertz's production has fallen. You're going to have Deshaun Jackson back. You're going to have Alshon Jeffrey back. They added uh, Rager, the wide receiver. You, you still have Nelson Aguilar, who can't catch anything. But um, Miles Sanders, I think Philly... I hate to say it because, oh, I know we have friends from Dallas we don't like. We have friends from Philly we don't like. But I think Philly's going to finish the division as the winner. Okay. <laughs> I, that's, I mean, it's not a bad prediction, too, because it, it could swing either way. It just depends on yeah. if Dallas falls flat again and if uh, you know the Eagles' offense can stay healthy. I mean, because last year they were decimated with injuries. Carson Wentz and all the receivers went down. You had, you had Joe Smith, the, the janitor, that was wide receiver for the Eagles at one point. Yeah, I think Steve was out there one time. Janitor yeah. Steve. Janitor Steve. Yeah, was out there. Yeah, Bobby Boucher was out there. The water boy was out there, uh, <laughs> you know, playing football too. So I got you. Yeah. So well, awesome. This has been a great show. Thanks for letting me host for once. I mean, no, I have to so sometimes. St- you know, Kristen. Sometimes I have to take a break. I have to. I have to take a step back and let you guys host too. I can't do it all the same. So you know, it's all. Good. No, I appreciate you did a good job. Sometimes you did a good job. Thank you. I have a lot to say, and I just. This part, this time, I get to say what I want to say. So thanks. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> okay. if you want to continue hosting, I don't mind. You can be the host as long as you want. I don't care. It's cool with me. I just want to. My last news and notes: Michael Jordan and crew reel in 442 pound marlin Woo. in a new North Carolina fishing tournament. It was the biggest fishing event in the country. 442 pound marlin. Michael Jordan and crew rolled wow. in. Another so, thing Michael Jordan is good at is reeling in fish. Yeah, I have. She, what isn't that guy good at? I know. Well, gambling, that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, and keeping his his eye, the white of his eyes white. Exactly, that too. Awesome. Those two things. So. Cool. All right, well, thank you, James, for joining us, who's not here anymore. Thank you, L. Bushman. Always a pleasure. Yep. Um, I will probably be back Sunday with you guys. This is the Sports Caffeine. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, anywhere Google. podcasts are. Follow us on Twitter, Google, um, 
I'm absorbing all the stuff, but uh, and also make sure you guys go to our Facebook page. We just have a new video intro I just posted up uh, by our our good buddy Rob Rob from Blitzalytics did that for us. So go to our Facebook page, check out our new video intro. It's pretty badass. So yeah, yeah, and make sure you tweet us and tell us everything we were wrong about so we can yell at you. Yeah, exactly. That's my favorite thing to do now. That too, I like tell you why you're wrong. That's our new thing. Tweet us so we can yell at you. All right, we're out of here, guys. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of Sports Caffeine, available for streaming on fanstreamsports.com and Fanstream Sports, the app.